Electricast. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of welcoming special guest Michael Unbroken, author of the best-selling book, Think Unbroken. And Michael is a coach, mentor, and educator for adult survivors of child abuse. He spends his time helping other survivors get out of the vortex to become the hero of their own story and take their lives back. Michael hosts the Michael Unbroken podcast, teaches at the Think Unbroken Academy, and is on a mission to create change in the world. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you, my friend. Super excited to be here with you today. The pleasure is all mine. And I, I know when it comes to trauma and just dealing with it in one's life, it takes a lot to understand it and get your arms around it. And I know that most members of our audience may have people in their lives who have dealt with with trauma or they may have dealt with it themselves. And one of the questions I want to ask as an opener for you is what do you find the most rewarding aspect of your work that you get to do with the public now in terms of everything you've been through and what you've created in terms of the mindset change and stuff that I've looked at looking at your information. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great, no one's ever asked me that question before. It's really a part of just looking at my life and going, there's, there's something more to all of the pain and suffering than just pain and suffering. Right. And there, there's something to it about being able to, you know, there's something really powerful about being able to get a message at three o'clock in the morning from somebody that says you saved my life today. And if you've never had that experience, I don't have a way to explain how profound it is. But, you know, that's a that's a long stretch from a lot of the pain and the, the suffering and the abuse that I went through. And, you know, this is not easy. It's not an easy conversation. It's not an easy thing to do as a career. It's not an easy thing to try to step into. But, you know, when I get those messages, it's just such a, a beautiful reminder about why this is so incredibly important. How did you first get into the line of work of doing a coaching and mentoring and educating adult survivors of child abuse. 
Well, you know, I just, I started writing this blog almost six years ago now, which is crazy to think it's been that long under a completely different name. And I was just like sharing stuff that I had found in my own personal growth and my own journey. And, you know, and then one night it was uh, like New Year's Eve, 2015, I posted this incredibly long diatribe on, uh, on Facebook. And, and then that started a snowball effect and turned into this other thing where I started blogging more and more frequently. I learned more and more. And I had people like reaching out to me and be like, dude, I like relate to that. I get that. No one's ever said that before. And this was before this conversation was trending in the direction it is right now, which I'm glad it is, but nobody was talking about these things. And so it, it, it just slowly started transforming people would be like, Hey, can you help me? And I was like, that's heavy. I said no a lot at first. And then I was like, people, people are asking me for a reason. And, and it just started to transform and take shape of its own. And now I've been doing it for a long time and have the benefit of, you know, writing a number one bestselling book and, and traveling the world speaking and, and being on these huge, I mean, I've spoken in front of 10,000 people before, man, it's crazy. It's awesome. You know, but it, it really just started because I was saying no, and then I decided to start saying yes. But you're in, in front of a large crowd of 10,000 people and you share your vulnerabilities and you share your story and then you go and share your strength and your resiliency. What do you think you've noticed with the people you work with in either crowds of people or individual mentees? What have you found has been the most significant part of the change that you find people adjust to after working with you the most? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, the number one thing it's confidence, man, it's belief. It's, it's like self-love, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest when people come into coaching with me, like I don't coddle you, like it's not, and, and that's not to be crass and it's not to be like rude. It's not to be hurtful to people, but it's to look at life and go, you have got to do something like nobody's coming to rescue you. There is no Disney moment, whatever that magic thing that you think is going to happen. That's going to transform your life ain't going to happen unless you do it yourself. And, and it's fascinating to me that the, the biggest key takeaway, you know, and, and on stage is very different than like coaching people or writing books or group coaching. It's a different vibe. It's a different thing in its entirety, but you know, the it's, I always just want to empower people to understand like, dude, I'm not special. Like, I don't know anything you don't know. I just, I've just done a tremendous amount of work and built skill that have utility and put myself in this position to a few things. One, not negotiate with myself, which I think is a trait that everyone needs to understand. And, and two, to be more empathetic to myself and to the world, because like realistically, man, world is hard. It's dark as it is. I mean, shit, you know, we live in like probably the most negative time in human history. And, and then three, this willingness to to ask yourself a very difficult question. And that question is, what am I willing to do to have the life that I want to have? And when you start to like parlay those things, your life starts to become different. And look, Jason, dude, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not saying better. People are always like, make your life better. I don't know what that means, dude. <laughs> compared to what? Compared to who? Compared to what moment? And I'm just like, how do you make your life one step one degree, one small shift different from where you are now to try to move to where you want to go. And like when you start to hold on to that and you think about this idea that life can be different and you let go of this narrative of being comparative for the sake of like, oh my God, keeping up with the Joneses or somebody had it worse than me or my life's a nightmare. And you just go, what can I do? 
and you measure it against a long enough timeline, I mean, it's unbelievable. Here, here's the thing, dude. I've been doing this for 11 years. You just now are having this conversation with me. You know what I mean? And so I, I think that the, the question, while simple, the answer is not. There's a lot that that people, I hope, not only take away from from working with me, but through all of the work that I do to recognize the ability that they have to create the life that they want to have. You know, I know you're an important part of your story is what you've gone through as a child or what you went through earlier in your life. But what I see in front of me is like, as we talk is someone who's resilient and someone who's overcome. And I wanted to ask you how much of your message is that with the people you work with that? Yes, I had this traumatic thing happen to me earlier in my life, but I've created this because I care enough to want to share my information and, and show my resiliency and my strength overcoming these odds, you know? Yeah. You know, look again, I, I'm, I'm cautious how I have that conversation, especially in the forward facing part of my life, because I don't want people to look at me and go, oh, that dude, he just, he's special. I was, yeah, I understood you, say. You, you You know, and so what I'm always trying to do is just empower people to understand if they're just willing to push themselves a little bit, it's unbelievable what they can find on the other side. You know, I, I think it's always about confidence. It's always about building yourself. It's about, it is about resiliency, but here's the thing, dude, this is why I always share as a preface to anything like this. It wasn't always like that for me. You know, if I go to my, my early twenties, I was 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, drinking myself to sleep, cheating on my partners, like living paycheck to pay much. My, my life was a disaster, dude. 11 years later, it's not right. But, but the reality is that comes from just a, a tremendous amount of work and, and be just looking at life and, and saying, and especially now with what I do, where you go, doesn't have to be where you are right now. Your trajectory is whatever you want it to be. And the hard part is people have got to be able to get to this place in their own life where they're willing to acknowledge and accept that they can have the life that they want to have. My look, dude, I'm gonna tell you this sounds insane. And I know when people hear this, they go, that's crazy. My life is literally exactly what I want. I don't think that sounds insane at all. I think that that sounds like you've managed to master your life in terms of where you want it to head and you probably manifest it. I delve in those areas where I manifest a lot. I, I use, you know, mindset myself. So when you were talking about mindset, when I was looking at your information, I'm like, I'm very intrigued by that. I love to hear that you have that type of thing that you're teaching because I think it's very powerful of a message. Yeah. You can't see my screen, my monitor in front of me. It says mindset is everything. And that's the main thing I picked up off preparing for this interview today was that I knew we'd have a conversation about mindset and how it works towards switching things up in one's focus in life and, and, and really making gradual change that's permanent in your, in your existence of who, who you are and how you see your relationship with others that are important to you in your life, being able to trust again. I feel like that's probably part of the concept you try to teach people is how to gain trust in themselves and trust in others. I might be wrong, but yeah, no, I mean, hundred percent, but I think in context, I think people really need to understand what mindset is. And, and I don't think that they fully do. And mindset is not simply this thing where you're like, Oh, I'm going to go create this life. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Mindset is about creating this space within yourself where you're willing to do whatever it takes to have the life that you want. That's getting up, going to the gym, eating the right foods, having the right relationships, quitting the job, traveling, the kind of, like doing the things that you want to do because you want to do them and not doing the things that you don't want to do because you don't want to do them while trying to filter all this through understanding your value system and who it is that you are. And, and mindset to me is very much about 
this idea of the the nomenclature of the vernacular really needs to be tied into how we're talking to ourselves. I say this all the time. What you think becomes what you speak. What you speak become your action, and your action become your reality. And and I tell everyone this is very practical. If you grab a pen right now, you literally write this down. It will change your life forever. I swear to God. I. Am the kind of person who is kind to myself. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. Why does this matter? Because think about this: you're probably operating, and I know I certainly was for a long time through this scope of I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not capable enough. So much of that is just instilled in us from other people, from our community, from our parents, from the teacher in third grade, when you color the moon purple and they're like, who do you think you are? And then you learn to stop trusting yourself. And in that lack of self-trust, you belittle yourself. You hurt yourself. You're unkind to yourself. And you're like, well, why is my life a disaster? I don't know. Cause you're probably being an asshole to yourself. Well, why? Because that's so baked in you from all the experiences that you had leading up to this moment. And so you're acting that way too. Think about this. If you're being, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not capable enough. You're going to act that way. And thus that will be your reaction or your reality, excuse me. And if you shift it to this idea of moving through and navigating decision through kindness for yourself first, what happens, and this is about being empathetic to yourself, what starts to happen and, and I want to be clear, empathy and pity are not the same thing. So let's be super clear about that. When you're being empathetic and kind to yourself, you move through these actions that lead to a different reality. So when people are talking about mindset, the thing that you really, really, really have to hold on to is the idea that it's the predication for everything that's next in your life. You want to move into trust, right? Come in full circle to your question. You want trust not for yourself only, but for other people, for the world, for everything around you. You have to literally start saying, I'm going to allow myself to trust people. And that's the hardest part about it, because especially if you're like me or trauma survivor, I have an ACE score of 10. I was homeless as a kid. My mom cut my finger off. I was abandoned, like the chaos of that. How do you trust someone? Well, it takes a lot of work, man, but it starts with giving yourself permission to even have the conversation. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine and just naming a few of those experiences that you just share with our audience. I appreciate you sharing that with us. I can, I can tell you from my vantage point, unless you go through it like you did, someone in our audience isn't going to be able to really grasp from their vantage point, but they can understand and create greater empathy. And I think that that could help anyone who deals with this kind of situation, at least relatability. If people in your life are important to you and they start understanding what you've gone through, even on a small sliver to help you through, is that what you find is one of the aspects that people become more empowered when they have supportive people around them in their life who understand their situation in time? Or what is it that you find with the people you work with? Do you help them build the support around themselves with yourself and others that you work with in terms of the students you work with? Yeah. I mean, I, I think first and foremost, asking for help is the most important thing we'll ever do. There's no question because I, I look at this idea, this, this weird idea that we should figure it out on our own, which is a very like Western wow. American trait. I look at that and I go, that's, that's not, that's not possible. It's not feasible. No one great has ever done anything on their own. Name them. They don't exist. I've never <laughs> met them. And you're trying to figure this out by yourself. Okay, well, good luck. And, you know, I measure that and I go, well, that was my life for a very long time. And it's no surprise I ended up where I was. 
And so getting to this place where you start to recognize that help is not a hindrance. Help doesn't make you less than help doesn't make you not formidable or resilient. Right. I, I think it makes you stronger. I think it makes you more capable. I think, you know, I look at my life, like, dude, I'll tell you right now, everything you read off, we can call them accolades. We can call them whatever you want to call them. Nothing I've accomplished in my life would be a possible without asking for help. Without the vulnerability, that's the word missing in this conversation for people is willingness to be vulnerable and say, I don't know it all. I can't figure it all out. I don't know what I'm doing. You're one step. This is why this is how I coach, man. I go, I'm one step ahead of you. What do we need for you to get here? Because I'm always going to be one step ahead of you because I'm putting in more work. So how do you come in behind me and take that while I'm also one step behind my mentors? My coaches, the people in my life, I look up, I'm behind them. You know what I mean? And, and I'm just measuring in them, you know, they have someone in front of them and that's how this works. You know, the greatest people we look up to and whether it's a personal development space or the world or history, like they had a team, they had people around them. They had elders. They went and sat down in the hut. They had the conversation and you're sitting here trying to figure out how to solve your life on YouTube. Ain't going to work. Sorry. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to YouTube for that kind of stuff other than learn how to do it yourself or installing certain things at the house. Yeah, but, but people do that because they're scared yeah. of this idea of being seen. They're scared of this idea that someone's going to judge them because they were hurt. And look, I'll tell you right now, if that's happening in your life, you're around the wrong people and you got to take those people out of your life. Jason, I've taken more people out of my life than I've added to my life. I promise you this because the reality and look, and that's not to say you got to like disrupt and blow up everything around you, but there are seasons for people in your life. And they're meant to be there for the time that they're meant to be there. And if they're not, they're not. And I love that. That's hard, right? And, and it's, it's real, though. It's being real with yourself. It is. And, and it holding is. everybody accountable if they're not meeting your higher purpose and what you need them to do. Yeah. And some, and some people will literally try to pull you down. They will try to pull you down because they are facing their own inadequacies through the growth that you're having. And that is so incredibly difficult for people to palate because they go, well, that's my best friend. Yeah, I get it. That's my mom. Yeah, I get it. But your mom might be in your way right now. Yeah. I want to share something with you. I know you know I'm psychic probably, right? I'm an intuitive psychic. And as we're talking to each other, whether or not your beliefs on that, I'll just say something. As you were talking to me just now, I feel like you're going to have something in the future you work on called the mindset miracle. It's going to be something that you do about mindset or, or shifting mindsets and working with people. It might be a new book, might be an additional program you do in the future, but there's going to be something successful for you down the road that your message gets out to larger audiences and you've even reached already. So just let you know that as FYI. Yeah. I dig uh, it, man. Like, that's everything. Like, like literally, I'm telling you right now, the screen in front of me, mindset is everything. It is everything. Well, you get this connected to your heart. You're good. Yeah. You are unstoppable. Could see success there because when it jumps off like that during an interview and that's not like I'm trying to interrupt you, I just share when I pick up stuff sometimes. And I feel like that's going to be something that's really positive for you. I, I want to ask you about your book, Think Unbroken. If you could talk to our audience about it and the knowledge of it, being able to share and at least a little bit during our interview today would be beneficial for them to learn about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wrote Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma because I was looking at 
this space where, man, I've read all the books, went to all the conference, like I did all the things and like, it always just felt like something was missing. And so when I sat down and started writing this book in 2018, it was like, how do I, how do I create something that's not only practical, but it also is like part journal. It's a reflection for people in the moment to take the things that they're in real time learning and make meaning of. And so I started parlaying that. And so Think Unbroken is very much and it's not my story. I want to be clear about that. The preface is because context, right? But the rest of the book are the things that I understand in a very 101 manner. I want to be very clear about it. It's a very 101 book because at you know, 250, 260 pages, however long it is, you know, if I wrote the book I wanted it to be, it'd have been 10,000 pages long. You know, and so as I'm always writing and, and and putting new books out into the world, it's about a continuation and a continuum. So, you know, if you're in this place in your life where you want to understand the research of it, if you want to understand the science of it, if you want to figure out kind of like the entry level baseline points of like why your life is, you know, a little bit self-destructive, there's some things in here that'll help you figure that out. And and to be honest, man, I think like most authors, it was just simply the book that I needed. I want to ask you this, interestingly enough, when I do podcast interviews, I find creatively, it gives me some therapy for myself. And when I go outside and I go for walks, I believe in there's different types of healing modalities we get to enjoy on a daily basis. And I wanted to ask you when you wrote your book and now you're doing the mentoring and all that, do you find that you heal every day by working with others and getting the ability to empower other victims and helping them gain understanding? And, and I just was curious in terms of perspective for you. It's an interesting question. It's certainly empowering. Would I say that it's healing me? Mm, that's not the words that come to mind. I think more so what it is, is looking at the entirety of what I'm building and what I have built and recognizing that because of the work I've done, like someone else can come behind me and pick this up one day and help me eventually do the thing that I'm trying to do and in generational trauma. So every single time, like I'm in connection with people, cause I look, Jason, I've done my work. I still have a therapist. I still have a coach. Like I, I see my guy on Wednesdays, you know what I mean? I'm always going through it. I, I don't step into when I'm working with people in any capacity to be in relation about the, the place that I'm in, in my personal life because I don't think that's beneficial for people. And, and I see that happening in coaching a lot. And, and I, I'm here to, to be a catalyst for change, not to talk to you about where I'm at in my life. So it's a great question, certainly an interesting question, but you know, my, my healing comes outside of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's an important component of this I want to bring up because my show, I've been delving into mental health awareness, removing the stigma, of anyone who feels that, you know, if you go to a counselor, you admit you have a mental health issue, there's stigma attached to it. And I, I think it sounds like that's a big part of your message as well Is I, I appreciate your vulnerability of expressing that you're still in therapy. I think when someone tells me they're in therapy, I like them tell, I like to think it's like, oh, I, I just joined the gym and I've been working out for three months with a trainer and I'm gaining physical strength and stamina. Like to me, that's what going to therapy sounds like when someone tells me. And I wanted to ask you, what have you found has been our greatest challenge to remove the stigma when it comes to mental health awareness to help society understand the way it really should be treated and understood. Yeah, totally, man. That's a, that's a great point. And, and, you know, for, for me, like therapy is, it, it'll always be an ebb and flow. I've been going and not going my whole life and I will always go and not go because it's just a part of like, I'm, I'm like, when I need this it, it's funny. there for me. And when I don't, it's not. And so, 
you know, the, I think the biggest part about the stigma of it is that there's an association of, of a lot of these very derogatory words that I don't know that we have yet breached the gap on. And that's about weakness and it's about selfishness and it's about, you know, can't you figure it out on your own? And, and I think that's part of the problem. The conversation is changing, like that's for sure. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I think it's beautiful to see that the conversation is changing, but there are still people and we both know these people who go therapy, not for me. I'm like, you're the exact person who needs it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so with that, it, it's so much about looking at it and taking measurement of it and understanding that it's still uh, in terms of the way that I look at the world, it's still very much a frown is made towards it. And yes, it's changing. We have, uh, you know, it's access to information now too with the internet, I think helps a lot. You have programs and apps like BetterHelp and that's super important, but there are still people and I would argue probably the majority of America who goes therapy is not for me. That's for soft people, for people who can't figure it out. And I'm like, no, it's for everybody. And that's why <laughs> people it matters. You, you, need, you need the parlay with an unbiased third party who can sit down with you and help you make meaning of the convoluted and chaos of, of what it is to be a human being. And, you know, I think that that's such a part of why therapy is beneficial because you got a lot of stuff just floating around in your head all the time. And if you just have someone to parlay, who's not your partner, who's not your business associate, who's not the, you know, the clerk at the gas station, you're going to get benefit out of that. Right. People are like, well, I talk to my wife all the time. I talk to my boyfriend all the time. They are not there for that. That is not their purpose. You know, and so I I think that it's very much about people have to understand and accept that therapy can be this really beautiful thing. Now, of course, there's always a risk of opening Pandora's box when you go in the depths of it. So you have to be with the right therapist or the right group um, if you're doing group therapy, which I've done both. As I think we progress forward as a society, just in general, and with the access to information, I, I think it's becoming less so. Um, I think people are just embarrassed by it, man. Like if I were to simplify it, it's embarrassing. You know, people go, I'm embarrassed. I have to go to therapy. I'm not. Let's go. Why? You want, you want your life to be better or not? The way I tell people is if you're a diabetic and you're not taking insulin shots, that's like not going to therapy if you have mental health issues. Yeah, but- that's a great analogy. I, I just think of it that way. And I, I think it, they're silly trying to escape getting healing modalities for themselves, getting clarity, yeah. having peace of mind, learning how to, right? It, it bothers me. I want to ask you this. What is the vortex when you refer to it? And I wanted to see if you could share it with our audience and how you help people overcome or get out of it. The vortex is that darkness inside of all of us, right? It's that, it's that place where that negative self-talk is just completely taking over everything. It's the not showing up, not taking care of yourself, belittling yourself. Hurt. It's the opposite of mindset, right? Yes. You know, be, being in the vortex is that place where, you know, you're, you're blaming the world for everything around you. You know, it's everyone else's fault. And look, and that's not to say that you have culpability for the bad things that happened to you. Like I saw, I was four years old when my mom cut my finger off. That ain't my fault. You know what I mean? There's, there's space to have that conversation and look at your life and go, I have to be responsible for creating the difference now, right? It's not my fault. These bad things happen to me, but I'm 26, 34, 19, 72 years old, right? <laughs> at some point you're yeah. going to have to do something. Dude, I, I literally have a client right now, 71 years old. 
doesn't matter how old you are. Do you want to change your life or not? Exactly. You know what I mean? And so I think about that all the time. And it's, there's very much that vortex. That is the thing that holds us back and it's self-imposed. And that's the hardest part about the conversation. And the only way you get out of it is to go back to where we were a moment ago and you step into this mindset, you step into kindness, ask for help. You do those things. Tell us about the Think Unbroken Academy. What is it? And share with our audience just what the importance of it and the work it does. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's made some transitions here recently. And it's a, a, a coaching program that I built out that's built into an app on your phone. Because I was like, why do I don't want to sit down and like learn stuff on my computer? I'm on my computer all day. So I was like, let me build it in the way that I learn. I always have YouTube on. I always have a podcast on. So I said, let me do that with this coaching program. And so um, it's actually, uh, it's no longer called Think Unbroken Academy because I'm making a shift there. This literally, just, this, this is happening kind of in real time here. It's coaching.thinkunbroken.com is where all that information is. And it's just very simple. It said, let me take everything that I understand in that 101. Let's let's bring in daily journaling, check-in, community, and and let's make it something that's more than just reading a book than just taking an online course. It's interactive. Like it's a part of your day, your afternoon, your evening, your life, right? Uh, being unbroken is, is a lifestyle, man. And so that that's kind of the shift that that, that program's made. And that'll continue as I build out other programs, year-long programs and other things like that. What do you think for yourself? I, I'm hearing you today and I know what you've got. I, I don't know what you've gone through, but I've heard what you've gone through. You know what I see? A, a projection more of it positivity. I see a positive message, positive ideas, messages of overcoming. That's my takeaway from talking to you today. I, I want to ask you, do you feel that that's your message or am I misunderstanding it? The message of having positivity and, and being able to have your own, I would say, wherewithal to, to push forward and just go. There's always space for positivity. There should be. But Jason, I'm going to tell you something that'll blow your mind. I am a realist, period, like right down the middle, right? Like I'm not negative. I'm not a pessimist. I'm not positive. I'm not over exuberant. I'm a realist. And what I look at through the scope of being a realist, it's really simple, dude. I look at the world and I go, someone did it before. That means it's possible. So I can do it too. And, and if the message comes across positive, that's great. But I'm just trying to show authenticity. I'm just trying to say, if you really do these things, if you operate through kindness, through your values, through your boundaries, if you hold yourself accountable, you show up, you come to the game, you get on the field and you play this thing called life, you can have what you want. One of my mentors is a billionaire, like a literal billionaire. And he had alcohol addiction, drug addiction, sex addiction, like all these things in his, in his teens and 20s. And he has changed his life in the way that he impacts the world in ways that I don't even think we understand yet. And so I look at that and I go, if you're just positive, I don't think that solves anything. But I think if you bring a scope of realistic like expectation to the possibility of what's in front of you, it really holds a lot of weight. And so when I'm thinking about the life that I'm creating, the thing that I'm building, whatever it is that I'm working on. I just sit down and I go, has anyone done something similar to what I'm trying to do at a scale in which it impacted the world? Yes. Cool. Now let's reverse engineer that and figure out how to make that happen. 
right? And but when I'm when I step into it, here's what's really interesting. I love that you asked me this question. When I step into it through the scope of being a realist, the other part of it is that I measure the negative aspects of it as well. What are the problems? Why won't this work? Where am I going to make the mistakes? Where are the mistakes they made that I can avoid? Where am I going to get caught up? Right. And in those moments, I look at that and I go, cool, that's data for me to take that data to continue to move forward. It's it's so fascinating to me when when I when I am around or I'm I'm talking to people who are just vehemently positive all the time. When they get hit by some negativity, it blows their whole life up. Oh, yeah. It's like a deck you know of cards, I mean? house of cards. There, yeah. There's something about being positive all the time that I just don't think is, I just don't think it's real. I just don't think it's real. And, and it's not that I'm not positive, but I'm also negative, but I'm also looking I, at life and I go, cool, let's just keep it real. What is in front of us? I, I'd say from my vantage point, I always try to stay optimistic and positive when I overcame cancer a couple of years ago. That was like my preface for that. But there's different skill sets and life skills for different situations. I, I love your vantage point and perspective today, sharing this with our audience. It's important to get different points of views, different perspectives, and different approaches. And I've learned from my show that I get to highlight all these various points of view. It's like so important because when I talk to people, I might meet someone who's a, who's a, a child abuse survivor, right? And I'll be like, check out this episode, reach out to these people. There's different things I like to showcase and, and share because I think awareness of these issues is so pivotal and important. Talk to us about your podcast because I haven't had a chance to ask you about that. Being a fellow podcaster, I want to ask you, how, how did you start it and what, what's your goals with it? Again, life is always shifting, right? So it's actually called the Think Unbroken Podcast. I had one of my mentors go, you, if you want to remove yourself, because again, this long play to remove myself to create massive impact in the world after I'm dead, it can't be called Michael Unbroken because if I'm dead, it doesn't work anymore. Um, and so he, he made a great suggestion to me and I, um, I changed it to, to Think Unbroken Podcast. Um, so I started that podcast three years ago. You know, I tell people all the time, if you listen to my podcast, you don't have to come to any conferences, you don't have to read any books, you don't have to buy any programs, it's all there. I bring experts on to be experts at what they're experts at to help us create massive shifts and change in our lives. And, and ultimately, it's just a platform to, to have a hard conversation like the one we're having right now, to bring light to the darkness, to look at life through possibility and perspective and make meaning of the things that we have there. And, and hopefully, at the end of it, you'll walk away and you'll go, I learned something today. You know, I tell everybody, when you sit down to listen to my podcast, like you should have a pen in your hand. You should be taking notes. You should be ready. I do that. <laughs> I do that automatically. Yeah, that's what it's for. It's not here for entertainment purpose. I swear it's not. Yeah. You want an entertaining podcast? I can give you a million. You want to learn something? You come listen to Think Unbroken. Where do you see yourself going beyond where you're at now with your with your movement? I consider it a movement what you're doing. You're you're doing something that's beyond yourself, and it's it's a larger purpose. Where do you see it going in the big picture for yourself? Yeah. So. My number one goal in my life is to end generational trauma in my lifetime. That's almost impossible. It is impossible. It's unfeasible. It's unimaginable. It's, it's improbable. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. And so I'm, I'm basically looking at how do I build something that is going to far outlive me in ways that it will be practical in 200 years from now. Because it's going to take a long time to end this curse. It's going to take a long time to break all these cycles of violence all of this pain, all of this suffering, you know, it's, they, they say it's a seven generation curse. You know, one, one child in the family's hurt. It's seven generations before it's healed. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but let's say it is. And so because of that, I'm making plays for 700 years from now. My, my great, 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 great grandkids are going to listen to this. You know what I mean? They're going to watch the videos on YouTube. They're going to read the books. They're going to be like, you know what? My, my goal is to make myself obsolete. I want somebody one day to see my book and go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever said. Childhood trauma. What is that? <laughs> that's my goal. I think that's a noble goal to have in terms of you shoot for the stars. You're going to get higher than where you were if you don't shoot for the stars. So you got to shoot for places that you may not wind up, but you get higher than if you didn't shoot for that area. You know what I mean? I always believe that. I, yeah. I want to ask you, because I know we're running low on time. How could our audience reach out to you? What, what could we do to find out more about you? Where would you want to direct our audience to, to find you? Yeah. So I'm on all the social media at Michael Unbroken. Um, but again, honestly, the best place is the Think Unbroken podcast. It's it's literally everywhere. I put a tremendous amount of effort into that with myself and my team. We have amazing guests who have been on the show who are experts again and what they're experts at. And ultimately, you know, that that's the place. You can buy the books, you can do all that, but you listen to the podcast and it's right there for you. It's at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. Great. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? Uh, octopus. And the reason why is because it is my spirit animal. I was in, a, I'll tell you a quick story. I was in Vietnam, living in Vietnam. Uh, I did mushroom psilocybin in Vietnam in a place where if you get caught, you'll go to prison forever. Like it's a do not pass go kind of situation. Like I understood what I was getting myself into in that moment. It was choice based. So as a contingency to the story, do not go do mushrooms in Vietnam because you, <laughs> you might go to prison for life, for real. <laughs> and I had this amazing, amazing, unbelievably in body, out of body, all the kinds of ways you could possibly be experienced in which a, a, an octopus had led me into and through the darkest moment of my, my remembrance, one that carried a lot of weight with me. And in that moment, one of the really beautiful things that happened is I was given the the space to step into protecting the younger version of myself. Something that day said, like, follow this wherever it goes. And two weeks later, I'm in Bali, Indonesia. I'm having lunch on the first day I'm there. And on the outside of the wall is this gigantic 30 foot blue octopus that looked exactly like the one that I had in the psilocybin trip. And my time in Bali became really interesting. It was also kind of painful. It wasn't the best place I've ever been in my life. That's another story for another day, but it was the place where I sat down and I really got through writing that book. And I, it, it, it became like this precursor to where I am today. So I know kind of off topic, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm just going to tell you, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, of signs and messages from like spiritual aspects of things. And what you described to me, it sounds like you had some, some direction there to go to finish that book and do what you had to do. That's my take on it. But I'm always one of yeah. those people that delves in that area. So that, yep, that I'm right that, there. I agree hundred percent. I just want to thank Michael for coming on the show today and sharing a very important message for our audience. It's so important to look at information, adult survivors of child abuse. This is big stuff, guys, and we need to pay attention to it. We need to support our, our fellow members of society, our family members, people we love, care about. This isn't stuff that people should deal with in private. And what I really like the most about Michael's message is that he's bent on um, 
dedicating his life to that. And when you dedicate your life to something you're passionate about, nothing can stand in your way. I know you're going to have obstacles and challenges, but I believe Michael's an epitome of someone who's really resilient and working hard to change viewpoints, one mindset at a time. So check out this information, check out Think Broken Academy, Think Unbroken Academy or whatever future name it might become. Check out Michael's information. Everything will be in our show notes. And I really thank you for tuning into this episode today and for supporting our show. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.